Wait, you have to stop pumpkin? I have the stop ceramic pumpkins. Oh, the ceramic cocotte, not the Dutch oven cocotte. No, yeah, not the Dutch oven cocotte. Oh, no. I mean, that's still cute. Yeah, I use them them to serve soups at a private dinner that hired me. Oh, you're fancy. For an auction. TikTok auctioned me off for like something. And it took like two years before we got started. And (laughs) I was like, I had like no no budgetary restrictions. I was like, all right, I want these. I'm going to serve soup out of these, uh, and you out kept, of these. And you keep bowl. them after? Um, I kept them after. And I also gave one to every person that worked the gig. Oh my God. Wait, how many, how many pumpkin cocots did you buy? Not cocots. Well, they're, yeah, the pumpkin ceramic things. They're called mini um, I think I have like three or four of them. Mm-hmm. So I think there were eight. There were eight of them okay. in total. Because like I was one, two, three. Maybe there were 10. Mm-hmm. There were 10 of them. Anyways, ten. yeah, the budget for this thing was wild. Again, working with people that have tons more money than we do. Well, that's, not, that's nice. Yeah, it is really nice. So um, what kind of like did you make in these cocottes? It was... I lied, it was in a soup. <laughs> It was my beef and broccoli pot pie, but mm-hmm. I did a fancified version. So it was the beef and broccoli pot pie in my cookbook, but in the mm-hmm. fancified version, I did a morel beef and broccoli pot pie. Oh. And with it had like the buttered crust on top of the cocotte, but we still like put the lid on top oh. of it. So it was like a big reveal. Um, yeah. And it was with a Wagyu beef. And morel oh. pot pie. Yeah, it was nice. Well, there really was no budget for this event. Huh? There was like no, yeah. It, okay. Like I got to get so stupid with this thing. All right, I'm going to ask you a question and I will judge you based on your answer. Okay. What was the pie crust? What was it? It was homemade. Oh, so it, it wasn't a puff pastry. It wasn't a puff pastry. No, it but was it was like a, a homemade pie crust. It was a homemade pie crust. Like one of those like pie crusts where... You make it with like grated frozen butter, laminated dough. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then getting all like nice and flaky and buttery. It was very very flaky. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. All right. Don't come for me. I wasn't coming for you. <laughs> I was just checking to see for like oh, I use puff pastry because um I've been to restaurants where they're like we're famous for our chicken pot pie and then it came with a piece of like puff pastry on top and I'm like. Are you really famous for this, or are you just saying that? <laughs> and first of all, I want to say, like, there's nothing wrong with puff pastry. Absolutely. There like, isn't. Especially, like, you know, at home, puff pastry is, like, a great way to achieve, you know, like, that... A nice know, little flaky crust thing. Yeah. But if but I like, go to a restaurant where you say, like, world-famous chicken pot pie or whatever, yes. and you serve puff pastry on top... Which we like, know you bought from the store... Mm-hmm. Or you bought in bulk in sheets, which yep. that is a secret, by the way. Like a lot of places, you can, to those who are listening, you can easily buy just like sheets of puff pastry, put it on a thing, and call it a day. A lot of restaurants do that. Yeah, actually, the restaurant I used to work at, the pot pie was like one of like the most popular like lunch item yeah. menu, and that was just literally like lap the pot pie mixture into a bowl and then just. Top of puff pastry thing, stick it in the like oven. Said, not even baked with the pastry. It's just like, yep, little, <laughs> yep. Thir- like it's like a circle that they put on top of it, so it looks like it fits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of those tricks. 
Yeah. And people are like, oh my God, this Popeye. And I'm like, honestly, that's, mm. that thing is like Holloway air. Yeah. And basically you're paying like 20 bucks for like a bowl of like brew with some like veggie chunks in it. Yep. Flowery, flowery chicken soup with with puff pastry on top. Uh, but also Popeye, Popeye is also one of those things where if you're entertaining and you bust out a Popeye. Oh, everybody's going, ooh. Everyone is like, oh my God, you really went above and beyond. Yeah. And if you serve it with a side salad, people are like, oh my God, I cannot believe you went through all this trouble. <laughs> and little do they know, yeah. it is one of like the easiest things to make. <laughs> yeah. In my book, I'd say to do it in a skillet so you even have like one less dish to wash. Oh. To do it in, I, think, I think everything looks better when it's served in a skillet because I, I like that rustic look. So that like rustic presentation. <laughs> yep. So especially if you've got a nice, like if you have a Staub or a Le Creuset skillet that's got like a little bit of color on it, even if mm-hmm. it's like all, all like stained and stuff, it still looks good. Um, so my pot pie is in a skillet. I serve my uh, five spice cinnamon rolls. That comes in a skillet as mm-hmm. well. Because baked goods in a skillet. Oh, oh yeah. Like oh, biscuits yeah. presented in a skillet. Like, nothing makes you feel more like bon appetit or like e. food 52 like blogger than like... Yes. Exactly. And like <laughs> an iron skillet. Uh, yes. We should do our intro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to him for the table. <laughs> Cutie opening music. <laughs> I am your host, Kim Chi. And I'm John Kang. And today we're talking about Popeyes and pictures. <laughs> well, I will say this is. Um, as of this recording, this is the this is the day before a very important event for you. I, I know that the day before a really event, big event. Yeah, the anniversary of a really important event for you. Wait, what day is it today? Today's January fifth. What day is tomorrow? I know you went to insurrection that one year. But... <laughs> That's that's the joke I, that I, I was making. <laughs> Still, nobody knows where you work, Kim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know exactly where it was. Let me check. Actually, she me did check the makeup for the shaman. Year. Where was I last year? In January. Well, not last year, but that year. <laughs> but let me see where Isn't I was. It? January was it, last Didn't year. it happen? No, no, it happened like how many years ago was it? Four years ago. <laughs> it was four. Oh, that's right. Oh, God. Or was it three? See, I don't even know. Uh, that's all you're relevant. Um, January 6th last year, we recorded a podcast at 4 p.m. <laughs> we did. <laughs> with, with Ronnie Wu. <laughs> was it true? Yeah. Wait. That's what my calendar says. Was that our first episode? That was our first. No, that, I think that was our second episode. That was our second. Oh, my God. Wait, we've oh been God. doing this for a year. We have been doing this for a year. Wow. But you know, this podcast is just an excuse for us to talk to each other and catch up. Well, it better be. We're not getting paid yet. For you to ghost me on occasion. I don't ghost you. When have I ghosted you on the pod for the podcast? For me to for you to always be late and have me waiting on you. Uh, you know, it's just like a common occurrence, but it's okay. You literally asked me for an extra ten minutes today. I don't know what you're talking and about. And almost every day. Not almost every day. I'm going to say, I can say almost every day. You always want to record podcasts at the time so I have to poop. <laughs> I 
I, it, we I, we record at the same time exactly. every day. Hence why I need. Oh, hence why I always need extra ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Kim you know is super regular. Eight a.m. to eleven a.m. is my danger zone. The I did. I I didn't know that. The I didn't. Come Should we? At that time, it all Should just we, depends uh, on like how late I ate dinner that, the night before. <laughs> what did you have for dinner? Um, what did I have for dinner last night? I was at the Weight Watchers event, so they provided like healthy food for us like all day. Ooh. Um, oh, that, I'm sure that goes right through you. Um, and then what did I have for dinner? I made a little bean tostada. Oh, nice. It, it, it sounds so boring after all. <laughs> That's what I mean, I remember. <laughs> but well, it was like a no fat refried beans, you know, with a little sprinkle of cheese and sour cream. Is refried beans usually... Oh, it probably has lard in it normally, right? Yeah. Ah, uh, that's what that's it. But refried beans, honestly, if you like get the right kind, it is healthy, it is delicious, and it's very filling. It keeps you full for so long. Yeah, because it's just that, that crushed beans is just yeah. like so, so much fiber in there. Like, it keeps you full to the point where you're like, I miss being hungry after a while. <laughs> Because it just sits in your stomach and you just like fart all day, you know? I haven't had refried beans in a really long time. I, I, can, oh. I can't say. Oh. Uh. Why do you hate beans? I don't hate beans. It's you just like beans. I'm not normally, I don't, well, one of my favorite dish is Brazilian dish called feijoada. Mm-hmm. Um, that's got a lot of, that's almost all black beans. It's yeah. beans. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, last night my dinner was a winter squash curry, and we it was a vegetarian. I, I made us a vegetarian dinner, winter squash curry and sautéed carrots. Mm. Mm, it was very good. I had to um clean my refrigerator. Not, I didn't have to, but I had so much like vegetables in my refrigerator. And I'm like, I need to cook all of this. So then I just made Japanese curry with all the veggies. Mm, that's so such easy. a good way of doing it. Yeah. Literally just like chop all the veggies, throw it in a pot, boil it, and then, you know, put it on rice. Japanese curry cubes in there. Yeah. I started eating wild rice because um, mm-hmm. normally I mean, before I was doing all this, it was like so expensive. I couldn't afford it. But now I have found out I have a friend who sells it wholesale. No. Oh. sell it to me at wholesale prices. Um, and I started eating that. It's so good. It's so like texturally interesting, but apparently it's like healthier too because it's got a lot of fiber. Mm. It's way more enjoyable than brown rice. Oh yeah, brown rice is garbage. Brown rice is actual trash, but then like wild rice is like even a good pricing for it. It's like $14 a pound. Oh damn. Which is like four cups. Yeah. That's a, that's a that's lot. expensive. But if you can, if, yeah, right. If you get, if you have a plug, I highly recommend it. Oh yeah, just all of us at home with our wild rice connection, we'll definitely be looking out. Your wild rice connection and just your equal home delivery rice, plug. Give me a call. <laughs> hmm, I wonder what he's been up to. I should call him. Hey, you got any good crops of wild rice and stuff? <laughs> you want to hook a brother up? You know, doesn't everybody just live like this? White rice in a while. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like where, like where, yeah, where, where would normal people even find wild rice? 
Oh, you can find them in stores. They're just expensive. I guess I never looked up for it. I guess not. This is also the first podcast of the new year. It is. It is. This is the first the first podcast of 2024. And how do you feel about it? Pretty good. Do you <laughs> have you any sound, New Year's? You seem so somber. You're like, yeah. <laughs> you're pretty good. You know, I'm Don't okay. Think. I'm okay. <laughs> uh, do you have any New Year's re- resolutions? Live, laugh, love, buy a house. Well, we it's, can work it, it. It's probably not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> none of it. None of it. No living, no laughing, no loving, no house. <laughs> Why am I even alive? Meanwhile, I came into 2024 with all of those things. So I just, mine is just stay hydrated. Nobody can see the face that you're giving me right now. And I'm kind of glad we're at opposite ends of the country. <laughs> well, I guess the least you can do is drink some water for your dry ass skin. Uh- <laughs> yeah, that's a good start. Yeah, start with that. Uh- <laughs> yeah, drink uh- some water, boo. Drink it up, sop it up, <laughs> t- till you drown. Uh, but also, like, New Year's resolution, you know, I guess it's good to, like, set a goal for yourself. But I feel like it just sounds so L.A. when I say, like, put it out there, let it manifest. Let it manifest, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I feel like that's just general. Every Everybody's, everyone's into manifestation now. Yeah, you know, I think for this year, I would like to be a better human being than I was last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with that being said, it's not... <laughs> I had a thought the other day. I was like, why is... why are Like, is there ever... Has anyone ever, like, decided that they were just going to give themselves a pass and let themselves be worse? You know, you're right. Why do we have to be better? Like, why do we have to be better every single time? Yeah. Why can't we just like maintaining is fine, but like just a little bit of regression. Useless piece of shit. Yeah. I mean, give yourself that, like, give yourself just one year, one year to do it. You can like work on it next year. Ideally, that would be nice, but I have a lot of projects too. So um, I don't think this would be the year to pull that. (laughs) I know. I know. Okay, maybe next year. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be better next year, and then next year it's all downhill. <laughs> but who knows? I might have things come up that I might have to be... <laughs> what are you working on this year? Do you have any, any cool projects that you can talk about? No. Oh. <laughs> but I am working on a lot of cool projects. Just know that. Um, when the time well, your book. Right, oh, yeah, yeah. You're allowed to talk about that. Yeah, we already did. I'm yeah. looking in the books, just coming out, 2025. Um, you'll probably not even remember it by the time it's coming out, so I'll remind you around then. But um, mm-hmm. aside from those, just know that I'm working on a lot of projects that I just can't talk about yet. <laughs> well, that's exciting. Thank you for listening to the podcast about me telling you about things that you can't know about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm actually just really glad to not working on a book <laughs> oh yeah now that that chapter is done that chapter <laughs> that chapter is literally closed and i'm mm-hmm. just making videos and it's so nice it's so nice i made three yesterday oh, i filmed nice. three videos yesterday and it was Great. no problem at all 
come with me if I eat nothing but Detroit pizza all day long. See, I'm not with John Kong, and I can't do that. Like I, that I want to do more travel and like you know food discovery thing, but I you have to leave your house. I have to leave my house, and I also have to be like a little bit shameless. Like everyone who does it in public is just a tiny bit shameless. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can't do that. I I get very self conscious. Um, especially in Michigan when people aren't used to seeing it. In LA, I don't feel as bad because literally everybody does that. I mean, even New York, people aren't even shocked about it. But like in Michigan where people will definitely stare and like wonder like what what it is the fuck you're doing. Um, I I just like, I can't do it. I can't do it. No, but even in LA... You know, I mean, I obviously am friends with a lot of foodies, you know, and then, you know, I'll get your content. Mm-hmm. But if you go to a restaurant with just foodies, it's also crazy because um, everybody's standing up over the table with, like, with their phone. With the lights on. <laughs> yes. um, so in like a dark restaurant, like our table's like shining bright. <laughs> and no one can touch the food until like everybody gets their content. But then the camera eats first. Since everyone is like getting like the same food, you know, people have to get creative <laughs> with like how they do their angles. And then by the time you eat the food, it's cold because it's been yep. sitting out from everyone filming. And part of you wonders like, why can't we ever just come to a restaurant and just like eat? You know, like, why well, can't we just like eat a sandwich without telling the world about it. <laughs> it's true, but those are also like. It's not just their job. Like I'm sure the restaurant actually wants that to happen because the people that you hang out with actually get people into those restaurants. That's true. And they're not, I don't think, I can't think of any of them. Like they don't ask to pay. Uh, they don't ask for payment from the restaurants, the ones that you hang out with. They're the ones that like just survive like on the popularity. It, they like doing it, yeah. They do it because they like doing it and they survive on the popularity of their content, which is yeah. I think the way you should do it. I don't really... I mean, I know everybody has a job to do, but mm-hmm. I I think my least favorite type of creator um, in that space are the people that try to like shake people down for money or free food. Because like restaurants, like they don't make that much money. How, how can they pay for like social media and PR? Like that's, that's so much. Yeah, I agree. I went to one of those like influencer event here in LA once, mm-hmm. and it was actually kind of jarring because um, obviously I was like getting to know them, and I didn't really like know any of them or heard mm-hmm. any of them. All they would do is just talk shit about other influencers. Oh, really? Yeah. I you know what I I, I don't want to like I don't want to like shit on LA any more than I already do, but I actually hear like the scene over there in Los Angeles is it's, it's very much like that. Um, it's a little bit more toxic than the rest of the And places. I think that's why, like, I don't really hang out with any of, like, those people. Like, I just don't, like, I already have great friends here in L.A., you know, or mm-hmm. anything. Um, but also, the, one of, like, the cardinal rule of talking shit, you know, and I can vouch for mm-hmm. this as a gay person, mm-hmm. even if there's one person that you don't know is there, oh, you don't yeah, talk you shit don't. about people because you don't no. know who's friends with who. Exactly. And especially like that community, everybody is like at least mutuals with everybody else. So it's exactly. like, you know, like a bunch of like foodie influencers, you know, like, like how big is that? Can that space or... possibly be? Yeah. 
And then the, literally, like, they're pointing to, like, each person that was at an event that was, like, you know, far away. And they're talking about, like, oh, that girl, like, when she, like, goes to, like, food reviews, she brings, like, eight people and then, like, doesn't even tip. Oh, this girl, like, she steals, like, these things, like, you know, from restaurants and blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, those, like, you know, foodie people, they're all very, like, click with each other. And I'm like, I don't really care about any of this, you know? Like, it's not like I was trying to be friends with any of these people. Right, but at the same time, also, I want to know who doesn't tip. <laughs> but I, I'm not trying to start any drama, so I'm yeah. in the podcast. Say their names. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like, they always ask, like, oh, let's follow each other. And I'm like, I don't really want to follow any of you. <laughs> <laughs> like, and they're yeah. also, like, the type of people that won't start talking to you till they know how many followers you have. Exactly, which is why, like, also I don't say anything. Yeah. Um, unless like they recognize me as like one thing, but or they or you show them like your smallest account, like your Twitter or your TikTok. Well, not your Twitter. Uh, I don't even. I don't even tell them who I am. I just say like, "Hi, my name is Sang. Nice to meet you." You know. Mm. And like, um, I've seen like I've seen so many people like this. Like the moment they find out who I am, their whole demeanor changes. Mm-hmm. And it's like those people are like, "I'm not fucking with you." <laughs> right. Right. Like, if you didn't have any interest in me, just like a normal human being before, like what I did, clearly, like, right. just because, like, that, that, those are the types of people that would like that. That's like the same personality test as like seeing how people treat server staff at restaurants, where it's like mm-hmm. if, if they don't treat people in server positions well, that's a huge red flag. It's true. Mm-hmm. Like, back when I used to work as a server, you know, I've worked on so many shitty celebrities. Mm-hmm. Oh, but then also there were great celebrities too. So, uh, and you're probably like too classy to talk about the shitty ones, huh? Yeah, I mean, we're not trying to make this like a drama account. I know, but like, who will be exposed in 2024 <laughs> by one for the table? All right, well, all right, well, tell us a good one. Okay. Tell us a good one. Like, say, can you mm. can you say like who's who was really nice? Yeah, I think I mentioned it before actually in the podcast, but in case y'all missed that episode. Melissa McCarthy was the nicest celebrity that I've ever waited on. From uh, Melissa McCarthy? Bridesmaids? Bridesmaids, yes. right? Bridesmaids. Yeah, yeah, okay. Dookie from Gilmore Girls, um, Mike and Molly. Like, she's been in yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Huh. She was the nicest celebrity I've ever waited on. Really? Like, I treat her like a normal person, you know? Because that's what mm-hmm. I do with celebrities. Like, never... Never acknowledge the fact that they're celebrities, you know? Just give them, like, mm-hmm. the best service, but, like, don't ever acknowledge it. But she was, like, so sweet. Would always make eye contact. Would always say thank you and please. And then um, at the end, I told her, like, I'm a huge fan, you know? Just, like, I love your work. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say that, and that was it. And then um, a week later, my restaurant gets a mail addressed to me. And <gasps> it was, like, her signed photo and, like, a thank you note for, like, oh, taking... Thank you for taking such good care of me and my family. That's so nice. Oh my she gosh! Wait, wait to like remember my name and like send yeah. it to the restaurant. Like that's crazy. That is that is really. Cool. And this was probably when you were a server. That was probably during like she was really already really big. Yeah, I mean this is like after bridesmaids. Yeah, that's wild. That's awesome. Yeah. So I was like, any success that Melissa McCarthy has, like I'm just so happy for her. Hmm. Because um, she's, at least she's shown me that she's a great person, so. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever had an experience with, like, an A-list celebrity on that level. Mm-hmm. I mean, the there's not much The ones that I had, like, the worst experience with 
are always people like that are famous but aren't super famous. Ah, uh, yeah. That whole like eye contact thing that you just mentioned, that is crazy to me. Like, I think if I ever like sat at a table with somebody who wouldn't even like look at the server mm-hmm. that was talking to them, I that would be that would be such a big ick. I could Yeah. I mean, it's one thing if you were reading the menu along when they were talking about it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But like I mean, some people, it's true. Like, they never look up at you. Like, yeah. They talk down at you. See, I was a bartender. So, at the very least, people had, like, looked at you. Mm hmm. And also, if you're a bartender at a busy bar, there's you customers way more respect. Can just pretend, like, you know, like you don't see them and just keep right, exactly. customers, you know? Yeah. But yeah. when you're a server at a restaurant, you have no choice but to go deal with these people sitting in your section. So, yeah. That sucks. And it is what it is, part of the job, mm. you know. Uh, I do kind of miss. I don't like. I don't miss serving, but mm-hmm. I miss like the aspect of like recommending people, people what to eat and like basically like helping people like curate their dinners. Yeah, like that that aspect was really fun. Yeah, because you're you're so good at like recommending restaurants and like where to go and like ordering for the table and stuff. You're really good at that. Mm -hmm. You're very thoughtful in the way you order for people. Oh, I met Jeff Goldblum while I was a line cook. Oh, how's that? He came and ate in Detroit and actually Mm -hmm. he ate at like the table that was next to the kitchen and there was only like one table next to the kitchen and stuff. So we got to like watch him dine the whole time. Mm -hmm. And he actually came back and was like, and told us that the food was really good. And he let us take a photo with him, even though we were all like, like, you know, sweaty, gross line cooks. Um, he still like, you know, gave us a hug and stuff like that. And he smelled like cookies. Oh. He smelled like the best oatmeal raisin cookies. And you wanted to eat him? Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> no. But what do, you, what do you have against Jeff Goldblum? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> But yeah, that's all I could remember. Like, he was super nice and he smelled like cookies. Okay. Work. Uh, Shall we take a quick break? Oh, yeah, okay. And we're back. (laughs) Hello. Hello. (laughs) So right now, um, I'm watching a movie. Mm -hmm. I feel like you would like it. Oh, what movie? Um, let me make sure, like, I don't pronounce butcher the pronunciation, but uh, it's called Anapurani. Anapurani? Yeah. It's a South Asian? It's an Indian movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about a girl that's, like, born with, like, extraordinary taste buds. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but her family, her dad is a... He basically like cooks for the temple mm-hmm. and they're vegetarian and they're against like cooking meat. Mm-hmm. And it's her dream to become like the most famous chef in India, but her family's against it um, because they don't want her cooking meat. Oh, that's cool. My favorite genre of movie is a feel good movie with a strong female lead that doesn't mm-hmm. focus on romance. Yes. Like there yes. can be romance, but romance can be the center of yes. like, the story. 
Uh, I love that genre of movie. And I think it's also like Little John's favorite because he loves movies like Steel Magnolias. Mm-hmm. His favorite Christmas movie is the, um, the Family Stone. It's like, which is kind of like about romance, but it's not really. Mm-hmm. Um, I started the Family Stone, but um, I only made it through halfway before I got bored and turned it off. Oh, <laughs> he watches it every year. Okay. I don't really have a Christmas movie that I need to watch every year. Oh, The Grinch, maybe. I really like The Grinch. Oh, for me, it's Home Alone. Oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we started watching Lessons in Chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it stars uh, oh, the woman who plays Captain Marvel. Um, Brie Larson. Brie Larson. She works as a chemist, and I think it's like 1960s, maybe 70s era. Mm-hmm. Um, so imagine like women scientists and stuff like that, but she really likes food. And so like she, I think she ends up like starting a old school cooking show based on the chemistry around food and just like, it's very, very sciencey and the acting is really good and it's period piece. So it's oh. kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of almost like the opposite of julia in terms of like lightness and Mm -hmm. personality but it's still really entertaining okay chemistry science lessons in chemistry sorry lessons in chemistry yeah i'll check it out and it's apple tv so you know it's like good quality television oh damn it i don't have apple tv didn't you get a new phone recently yeah it comes free. I think you get a free year of Apple TV every time you get a new oh, phone. Oh, it does? Yeah. So, you mean this whole time? I, could I think you have TV. to activate it, but you could have been, yeah. There are a lot of really good shows on Apple TV. Like, I love Ted Lasso. I know Little John really likes The Morning Show. There's one called Shrinking with Harrison Ford. That mm-hmm. is really good. Um, it's just, like, got a lot of really good shows in there. Actually, okay. no, it doesn't have a lot of shows, but all the shows tend to be good. Mm. Well, have you watched Hundred Foot Journey yet? Oh yeah, I read the book too. Oh, you watched it finally? No, I've I've always seen it. Oh, last time I talked to you, you said I haven't seen it. No, I have. You have? Okay. That's you the one with it? the. That's the one with in in France with Helen Mirren, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you you just explained the plot of it because I had seen it. You explained the plot of it because it was a podcast for people who hadn't. Is that what happened? Or, it is. Or did you watch it? <laughs> I didn't. I haven't I'm seen fine. it in a while. I love that movie. It does take a weird turn at the end. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. But up until the point, that point, I love like the whole movie. I just don't. The relationship with Hel- between Helen Mirren and and uh, and the dad. Yeah. And like how to honestly, the movie could have just ended at that, but then at the end, they. I mean, I'm not gonna. Well, spoiler alert. But the movies. How long has the movie been out at this point? Didn't it come out in 2008? Well, if they're just listening to now and if they're gonna go watch it, the spoiler spoiler alert. I don't know, 30 seconds. All right, here we start. At the end, when he's like starting to become like you know those like gastronomy fancy Mm -hmm. like thing. I think that I was just like, you just killed the whole soul of the movie. Yeah. The entire movie's been about, you know, like 
him expanding his territory and then, you know, like trying new ways to cook. But then, like, it veered so far off into the other world. That, like, yeah. Lusty, um, it got cold. But yeah. I think that was the whole point, though, right? Like, he became, like, the superstar chef and, like, he started cooking this way, but then he still, like, he took it to a place that was kind of cold mm. and, I guess, hyper-logical. But then he eventually came back didn't he come back to it at the end? Like he eventually had a coming home moment and he like appreciated the homey food all over again. Mm -hmm. There is a restaurant that is kind of like that called like Gagan. I've always wanted to try it. Oh, is it their first? No, it's in, it's, I think it's in Singapore. I think it was like one of the only Michelin rated Indian restaurants at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was like a kind of like a gastro molecular gastronomic uh, Indian restaurant and they're like famous for having like one of their first one of their first courses was like random like paintbrush stripes of color on the plate and you're supposed to lick the plate and in the oh. order of the way you lick it the flavors change as you lick the plate I think oh. they were known for like kind of fun quirky stuff like that which now it seems like a little like overly quirky but totally done. this was yeah. back like, this was back like 15 Probably like 15 years ago, so it was still pretty a big thing then. Okay, yeah. I'll love to check it out next time I'm in Singapore. Mm-hmm. I don't know when, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> Sometime in the future. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, back my... What did I say? Anapurani would recommend. It's on Netflix. Nice. Oh, I don't have Netflix right now. You don't have Netflix? No, I kind of, I'm, everything's getting so expensive that I'm like putting my subscriptions on rotation. When I realized that I had, I was subscribed to all of these things, but there was so much to watch that I wasn't watching. I was going months without watching like Netflix or Hulu or something mm-hmm. like that. I was like, why the hell am I paying for it? Why don't I just like watch everything I want to watch from one platform. And when I have nothing to watch, I'll switch over to Netflix, cancel the other one, and then I'll just like have a shit ton of stuff to watch. Um, so like HBO, Netflix, uh, Disney Plus, those are on like rotation for me. Amazon and Apple TV have like other things that I'm connected to, so I'm stuck with those. But like as far as like those three, like I still have like no shortage of shows to watch. It's when true. Sandman comes back, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll get Netflix again, though. You know what comes back? Sandman. Sandman? I've never seen it. It's good. It's, it's sci-fi fantasy. Okay. Sci-fi's not my favorite genre, so I might never get to it. But <laughs> It's definitely in, like, kind of, like, of the Game of Thrones. It's based on a very famous graphic novel, but it's, like, kind of Game of Thrones-y. Mm, okay. Um, have you, I know you're like not big into K-drama, but, um, there's one called Mr. Queen. That's one that I've been wanting to watch. That is that the one where like this person gets sent to the past? Yeah. He's a and they're like chef a, in the modern world. Yeah. 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 And then he ends up like, ends up being a body of a, basically a body of a queen back it's in amazing. the day. But it's actually really, it's really good and it's really funny. And the act, I think I've seen really clips good. of it on like TikTok and it looks very funny. Yeah. 10 out of 10 would recommend. And then there's also a key drama called Reply 1988. 
Mm. And it's about three family, um, basically like living in one house back in 1988. Mm-hmm. And it does such like a great job of like accurately depicting what life was like back then in Korea. Oh, that would be interesting to see. And it's actually really, really, really good. Huh. And it's not like violent or anything. It's just like a feel-good family like drama. Yeah. But it's not like annoying family drama where like someone is pregnant and like this person is cheating. No, it's just about like <laughs> three families like living their day-to-day life. Hmm. So it's like a slice of life K- K-drama. Yeah. Nice. But it's really, really good. So, mm. yeah, would re- highly recommend. <laughs> um, so originally you want to talk about tipping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I had been reading like a lot of articles. I know like a New Yorker article just came out and um, there were like there have been people just talking about like how they're just burned out on tipping. And I think it happened like starting the during the I think it, like my theory is it happened during the pandemic when like people who were pretty much keeping things going during mm-hmm. quarantine like people were were fine to tip back then but now I think people like you're see every time you hit like a square register um or or an iPad register it asks like if you want to tip and stuff for things that you're normally uh, not used to tipping for and like I think people are just like really just they feel really angry about it now because it's like this is not this is not like you know a service industry or a general service industry's job mm-hmm. yeah i mean okay first of all tip your servers and bartenders you know they, they live off of it um, always even when i was a server there are a lot of people like that wouldn't tip because they're like tipping is wrong why am i like having to pay like pay for tip Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm already paying so much for food and drinks, I get it. I completely understand, but that's just not how America is, right? And you're punishing the wrong people for it, right? Exactly. You know, yes. Like the service and bartenders like, are just serving you. They can't change the system, and unless they're working in like super fine dining um, and things like that, chances are they're really not making that much money. No, and even in then, if they're working in super fine dining, they're generally like you're tipping them also because like they have a skill. Like that's mm-hmm. a, if you're in super fine dining, as like the service industry at that point, like that's an art form. But like I'm talking about like, and also on top of that, when you also don't tip, at least like a lot of the places I worked at, I actually lost money because I have to tip out the bartenders, yeah. busters, and like the food runner based on the percentage of. Like the beverage and like food, like sales. Oh damn! If you don't tip, because I'm I'm actually like losing money. Oh, I didn't. I've never been in that situation. I always like just tipped out a portion of what I got when I was bartending to like the bar back and stuff. But I think like what most people are frustrated is are like people doing retail jobs or cashier mm-hmm. jobs, jobs that are probably like not subject to. The minimum wage tipping exception, like yeah. what are you? What are you in that situation? Like, you know, you buy a candle from a candle store, and they turn around and they like do like oh ten twenty thirty percent or five ten fifteen percent. Like, what mm-hmm. do you do in that situation? Yeah, 
Do you tip? Uh, for retail? Yeah. Like say it was a situation where you literally, you got it, you went to the shelf, mm-hmm. looked at it, got it yourself, and you checked out, and then you come across like that screen. What are you doing? Also, the salesperson is like staring at you. It's kind of like, <laughs> right, right. you know, so a lot of times like I feel pressure. So like I'll tip, mm-hmm. I'll probably tip something. <laughs> right. I, just from the pressure alone. Um, But yeah, it is awkward. But also I think to myself, you know, like these people probably aren't making that much money. So. Like, I'm lucky to be in a position where I could afford to do so, but I'm sure mm-hmm. like, that's not the same for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Tipping culture is getting out of hand. I heard just like one article and like, how much to tip if you're getting your like hair done? And yeah. the article is like, you tip like this much percentage like to your hair washer. You tip this much percent percentage to like your hair Your colorist. And your yeah. colorist and blah, blah, blah. So then are you supposed to go to the salon just like big what of cash in your pocket and just like pin people out? I mean like what? <laughs> and I, I go to who, a barber. <laughs> as someone who has receding hairline, you know, like I can't relate to like any of these things. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, like I I guess I that part didn't make sense to me. Like I mean yeah. obviously tip everybody, you know, but I also don't understand the logic of just like going to a salon with like that much cash to just like. Also, I don't know. It just feels like I'm pimping, pimping people out if I'm just constantly like handing out cash like that too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. How do you feel about it? Um. Well, I only have when you're going through it. There you go. Oh yeah. <laughs> It looked good, first of all, and I wasn't going through anything. I Who was told you just that? your mom, your lover. Uh, every everybody like people still ask me if I'll do it again. Which you know, if I ever come across a colorist who won't give me a chemical cut, then um, sure. But that's really hard to come by in Detroit, where people aren't used to messing with Asian hair, especially in the colors field. So, is that what they said? Yes. Was that, was that their excuse for that hair? <laughs> Such a bitch. <laughs> it looked good. Anyway, um, I definitely tipped my colorist. Um, and but it's still that's like dealing with two people. There's there was only one person that was washing my hair. There was mm-hmm. one person that was coloring my. It was the same person, and the person that cut my hair was a completely different place. So of course I would tip them both differently. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I tip housekeeping for hotels and stuff. I leave like, I leave, oh, sure. a, I live, I leave like anywhere between like five and 10 bucks mm-hmm. at the counter with a, like, I, I, the notepad that is always in every hotel room. I just like write a thank you note with like, and I leave some money over there. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, as far as like everything else, like retail, Again, it's the same situation as you. Like, if they're staring at me, then probably I'll, I'll be guilted into doing it. But at the same time, like, eh, I was like, eh. just pay your people. Yeah. In my mind, it's like, in my mind, I feel like doing the tipping like that is the correction for like the inflation because most people probably aren't getting paid 
in accordance with inflation. So I, I don't feel that as bad thinking of it that way. But at the same time, like I know that these companies, um, like Stripe or whatever, um, the companies that take or or are responsible for the transactions, like I'm pretty sure they take a percentage of that tip. I'm, I think they take like three percent, mm. anywhere between like two point three to three percent of the tip. So like. They make these companies make money off of every transaction. And so that's why like you see like tipping screens everywhere because they take a percentage of that. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. I, I don't know. I think I, I've heard it on NPR. Um, so if you know differently, then please let us know in our Instagram page, uh, one for the table on Instagram with the number one. But yeah, you know, I think like that's one of the reasons why we see them everywhere. On top of that, any tips that was processed through a credit card, mm-hmm. we also have to pay the credit card fee on the tips too. Yeah. Yeah, we do. And and then you actually don't ever get a paycheck because um all the paycheck is deducted, like mm-hmm. through taxes. Yeah. So I would always get oh, gosh. paychecks. Well, like that's yeah. When I go as a bartender, I remember getting like Fifty cent to like a dollar fifty paycheck. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then when I because my the restaurant I worked at wasn't like a hotel. When I work like a banquet event, um, like when I give up my serving shift and do like a banquet event, or be like, oh, the payout is like two hundred dollars. And I'm like, great. I would never see that two hundred dollars because after the deduction. And you know, the crazy thing is like a lot of these restaurants do like so much wage wage theft. I think Nobu paid out like $1.5 million or something like that mm-hmm. in, a, in a lawsuit because they were stealing tips from their employees. Oh my God. This was a long time ago, I think. But like, yeah. Yeah, just like um restaurant in K-Town, I think it's getting sued um, for tip theft as well. Um, something along the lines of like this manager, I guess stole about like, 65k in tips. Wait, I know this story. Did you tell me this or I think so. might have told? That is but crazy. Also, that is but it's like just about. a regular mom and pop store, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 65. What's even crazier is like the comments are even more insane. It's like, oh, that manager probably had to like work hard for like the lazy servers, or it's like, oh my god. Know. Or even just like online when you read like. Any content regarding tipping, the comments are like, this is why I don't tip. And there's just like so many people dislike this and that things like this and just like so proud to state their opinion online. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, like the world is full of terrible people. Oh no, that is so true. And like they say, of course they say it online behind like faceless profiles, but then like mm-hmm. they keep silent about it and are just like silently terrible. Some of them aren't even like faceless. They're like fully proud. Damn. And... And the same with like any content regarding like, you know, like trans rights or gay rights, you know, there's like fully people, you know, that state their opinion with a face profile that are like proud of this opinion. And I'm like, I just, I should just like never read the comments at this point. Yeah. The comment section can be like a dark and terrible place. It's just Especially like, you know, that like you. these like awful people with their awful opinion like exist in the world. You know, like makes the world such like a scary place. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I definitely agree with you for that. The comment section is a cesspool. 
I can see like why a lot of news sites just decided to not have comment sections anymore. What good comes out of it is nothing. Rarely ever productive. People just fight. If you look at like a news sites like Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, like anytime they're just trying to talk about an article and stuff, there's always like some crazy person mm-hmm. in the comment section just being like, "Er, maga, da 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 da," and it's mm-hmm. just like just like that. That is exactly how they are like. Um, but they're just rallying off, and they don't even make sense half the time. Yeah. Or you know, just like any content that you know, like that shows like anybody stealing or anybody blah blah. blah. It's like this is what happens after you voted Biden in the office, right? Yeah, yeah. That's exactly like, like, yep. And it's like not that I'm like pro Biden or anything right now, but like, yeah, it's like, sir, this you, is you like think a- like these people that's like stealing in the video wasn't going to steal because Trump was elected, you know? Right. <laughs> like, right. it doesn't make any sense. Or, like, how crazy people got because, like, Green Day changed uh, the lyrics of American Idiot and they changed the lyrics from Redneck to MAGA <gasps> and Fox News lost their shit and people lost their shit. And I was like, okay, so you guys got really mad that this band was, like, just changed, like, one lyric... They were still always talking about you. Mm-hmm. Are you mad now because you only just now realize they are talking about you? Because uh-huh. it's been American <laughs> Idiot came out when I was like in high school. High school, yeah. No, I don't know high school. Like, I'm like um, maybe, maybe high when school. I was in kindergarten. Yeah, and when, um, you were in high school? I, when I was like and still in the womb. <laughs> and then when you were a fully grown adult. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was like, oh, it's... Cr-. And then, of course, you see in the comments and stuff like that. I was like, oh, they went woke. And I was like, are you serious? It's like, they've been woke, sis. They've been right. <laughs> uh, and then also, like... Did you see the, like, the recent controversy with David Chappelle? I mean, he's always had controversy. But like, his like, recent yeah. um, stand-up special and his like, transphobic joke. Yes. Did you see like the response from that one trans person? Yes, from that one woman that she was like fierce. Oh, oh it's my giving, god! Like you know, like you got like angry trick. Is, yeah, I'm obsessed so, with her laugh. Yeah, and she's beautiful. But <laughs> she's for this gorgeous. joke, I'm like, I was like so curious to see like what this joke was about. So I went and looked it up. It's so and, bad. And all the comments are like, "Oh my god, this is like absolutely funny. I can't believe what people are mad about this." Okay, this joke, first of all, he takes literally like 10 minutes telling yep. like a story. And the punchline was, was like, like, he told that's like a story what trans that had like nothing are. to do with like the trans community. Yeah. And he thought like someone was someone, but it wasn't. And the punchline yeah. was, and that's how I feel about the trans community. Yeah. It was such like, a throwaway punchline. Yeah. It was garbage. I was like, it wasn't funny. It wasn't even clever. Long story that wasn't even entertaining. (laughs) Just so you can say, and that's how I feel about the trans people. Yeah, it's so bad. And to anyone that thought that joke was hilarious, I mean, comedy is all objective. Objective, objectively, this is not funny. It was not. It was a bad joke. And I don't mind offensive joke if it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it was nowhere near even close to like getting a chuckle. No. 
It was so bad. And I mean, I feel like this is what happens when you spend like too much of your time in Ohio. You just end up being mid as hell. But it's like, you know, the trans community people like are already so like hated on. Yeah. And already so like marginalized. Yeah. And you're, you're literally going out of your way. Like, to make this joke unnecessarily unfunny. I just, like, don't see the point of it. I feel like at this point, he's literally just, like, catering to the popular outrage because, A, he's become lazy as a writer and he just wants to make his money in any way he can anymore in in whatever way that means. And so he knows that, like, hating on these people and hating on this community will get him a headline and will piss off will will we'll piss off people that he doesn't care about but also like it get his get people that kind of agree with him really passionate and then therefore will support him cuz like i will say this about like i guess that community or or toxic masculinity in general or or or, or like conservatism um in general they're really good at supporting people that they believe in because they feel like it's an act of protest. And so that's how a lot of these people get super, super rich off of hating other people because they can elicit support and people will spend money on it. And I can't say for sure that like it's true the other way around. Like, people can do, like, the right thing or say, like, the morally conscious. What are you doing? Agreeing with you. <laughs> Your face. What was wrong with my face? <laughs> you were, I don't know what you, you were making this you. <laughs> I'm going to play that video back. Are you laughing at my face right now? <laughs> I was laughing at the face that you were making. Literally me smiling and nodding? No, that's what's not. <laughs> You're literally laughing at. I wish I took a screenshot. I wish I took a screenshot because it looked like you were trying to make me laugh. (laughs) I wasn't. (laughs) But yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. The people who are. I mean, like, I'm not saying that you should support somebody just because they're doing the right thing. Everybody should just be doing the right thing. But like, you know, when it comes to boycotting certain cafes and then some other cafes are voicing their support for specific for certain causes like mm-hmm. nobody's talking about the businesses that are doing the right thing they're only talking about boycotting the ones that are doing wrong like support the businesses that and support the businesses and the people that are like putting themselves out there and risking themselves by voicing supports for like communities that you believe in Sure, but instead of just boycotting people and talking about the people that that make you mad, I guess you know, boycotting doesn't get you clout, or you know, like talking on positivity doesn't get you clout. No, like you you can shit on anybody, and and that that's really and like that is, I don't know, I feel like that is an issue that our communities could do better on. Like, heaven forbid, you know, someone does something and then everyone's quick to make, like, long videos about, like, why this person needs to be canceled. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Meanwhile, you're making, you're giving them the spotlight 
which gives them attention from the people who will give them money. Like, there's a mm-hmm. reason why there are like these hyper successful conservative podcasters. Like, the haters give them a spotlight, um, and they get the attention from the people that feel like supporting them is an act of rebellion, even though really it's not. But then again, like, are there people on the other side that are doing just as well? Not, not as many. Conservatism is like. Is like uh, I, uh, is a gold mine for a reason. Yeah. Well, I think we spiral again. Oh god damn it! I feel like we're fully going to be spiraling by the time November comes because um this election. Oh god! I think it's yeah, crucial one to like America's future. I know it's gonna be so bad. And. Obviously, like, I have to, like, stay in the know and stay updated, but also, like, I don't at the same time. Uh, it's, uh, you know, like, yeah, yeah, god damn it. But with that being said, I hope vote. everyone that's listening to this. Everybody uh, needs to register to vote. Just do it. Just register to vote. I don't care who you're voting for. Well, if you're listening to this podcast, I, I kind of do. But like, I, I, you know, if you're listening to this, you, we kind of have a general idea of what kind yeah. of person you are and who you'd be voting for. <laughs> yeah. And, and so like definitely get registered to vote. And like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to get on my soapbox for a second. I don't care necessarily. Like I do care. I would like for you to vote in favor of a president that is not going to try to literally overthrow every check and balance that would stop him from being like a fascist dictator for this country. Um, Mm -hmm. That would be my preference. But even if you didn't vote for the opposing or like for, for it's going to be Biden. It's going to, even if you didn't vote for Biden, that is, it's not fine, but it's fine because like, there are so many other things on that ballot that you probably like, that would immediately affect you. Do not boycott voting just because you feel a certain way about the president because we're talking about like school districts. We're talking about judges, Mm -hmm. Supreme Court judges. We're talking about like, you know, proposal measures that might affect your city um, or your your, uh, county, things like that. Things that like not will have like long term and far reaching effects over your quality of life as potentially a queer person if you're listening to this podcast. So yeah, if anything, there are there are certain and also the midterms. The midterms are even more important in in terms of of that. Like definitely do that. And here's a hack: if <laughs> if your state has not barred you from like voting from home, um anymore and you still are able to do voting from home, do that. Vote from home because you know what's really nice is to sit down at your desk or at your table with your laptop open and literally like checking every single thing, every single person Mm -hmm. to see whether or not you actually agree with their policies or you actually agree with the proposal that your city is putting out. It's, it feels like you're cheating. It feels like an open book test and you Mm -hmm. get to like do everything. And it's also okay to leave a certain part blank. If you don't like anybody 
And, or if you don't know about, if you don't know everyone, every name or what they do, it is okay to leave it blank because you know what is like worse than not voting for anyone? Voting for somebody by, by accident who actually like, you know, doesn't think you should have rights because that, that can happen too. And a lot of people win that way because their name sounds kind of cool or their name sounds overly familiar. People, some politicians, some judges will literally change their last name because it sounds more familiar to the people in their area because they their chances of getting voted in just based off of how good their name sounds. That 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 can be like a deciding factor. So yes, whatever you do, register to vote and just go and do it. Yes, absolutely. <sighs> I need a drink. <laughs> Vote or die, bitch. Vote or die. And oh it is my very God. overwhelming when you get to like the election place, and you know, there's so many like questions and ballots that you have to answer, and it does take a long time to sit there and like Google every single thing. So, yeah, um, it does yeah, take a while. Home. Vote from home. Do it with your, with, or, or they go to a library or something because a lot of them have ballot boxes over there. Um, yeah. And also Michigan people, if you're voting absentee, your chance, like you're already getting that shit in the mail now because I know I just got mine. Don't wait until the Friday before election day to do it. Just just turn it in now. Just mail it in now. Mail in your registration now. God, I'm so stressed out. You did good, you did good. It's okay. <laughs> Not as stressed as you're going to be in November. Don't worry. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't do this. Oh man! <laughs> Why don't we just like turn off all social media and then just like um, move somewhere else for like a month? We can't after we vote. We can't. The last time I spent an election season outside of the country, that was when Trump got voted into president. We were in Hong Kong. We almost didn't come back. Okay, so first of all, I don't want to jinx it again. I feel <laughs> first of all, I need to stay here. I think you overestimate how much power and influence you have. It's one of those things Just where it's like you you're so superstitious, like you don't want to risk it. You don't. Mm. I really don't. I really don't want. I don't really want a fascist dictator, a person who it's like because, dreams you know of becoming really funny. A, what? So all the news about like um like Colorado um disqualifying Trump from being in the ballot. Yeah, I was like, oh, I can only imagine the comments on this one, oh and all the comments God. are like, this is fascism from all the MAGA people. And like, I'm like, no, like what you tried so to stupid. do. Right. Yes. I was like, the situation that like this stems from is literally that. But nah. we, okay. we can't, we can't it's end okay. like this. We have, to, we, have to, we have to, we have to talk about something else really quick before we end the podcast. What, what do we, what do we talk about? What are you having? What is your boba order? Later All right, today. everyone, with that being said, we will see you here next no. week. Thank you. <laughs> if you like what you heard, follow us on Instagram at one for the table. That's number one, and then for the table. And this is Kimchi and John signing off. Everybody, goodbye. <laughs>